Hey everyone, it's PJ here, and we are on day 26 of the daily podcast. Uh, for today, I wanted to address a question that I saw uh, somebody raise recently and uh, just help them come to a better understanding of that because I think it's relevant to uh, many of us in the church. I think it's a good question, and uh, I would like to, to share the answer with all of you so that you would be equipped to answer this question to anyone who might ask you the same question. The question is, why do Christians today uh, have to obey the Ten Commandments? Uh, wasn't that given to the Israelites uh, in the Old Testament? Why do Christians today living in the New Testament have to obey uh, the Ten Commandments stated in the Old Testament? And what about all the other laws stated in there that we Christians don't obey today? Okay. Very common question and very reasonable question. And I just want to give a brief answer to it and um, just kind of start the conversation here about that. Uh, first of all, whenever somebody says, but the Ten Commandments were Israel, I think the first thing Christians should say is, uh, yes, it was given to the Israelites, and we, the Gentiles, have been grafted into Israel as well. We have been gathered into the Israel of God. Uh, in other words, we are Israel. Uh, because to be truly Israel, the Bible says, uh, you must be children of the promise, which you become by faith in Jesus Christ. To be an Israelite, therefore, means to be in Christ, to put your faith in Him. Uh, in um, Romans 9, 6, 8, it says, For not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel. This means that it is not the children of the flesh who are children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as offspring. So that's very clear there, uh, indicating that uh, those who are truly offspring of Abraham are children of the promise, not children of the flesh. Uh, there are uh, people who are physically descended from Abraham, who are physically Israelites, who are not going to be an eternal Israelite in the kingdom of God. But those who are uh, of the promise, those who have put their faith in the Messiah, um, they will be considered true spiritual and eternal Israel. And so Paul says this again in Galatians 3.29, If you are Christ's, then... You are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. So all the blessings and the benefits and the promises given to Abraham and his offspring now apply to us, those of us who are in Christ. Again, we are truly Israel if we belong to Christ. And so, in conclusion, Paul says in Galatians 6.16 that we have been grafted into the Israel of God. So, uh, the Ten Commandments sh for sure applies to us because, yes, it has been given to the Israelites and by our faith in Jesus Christ, we are members of Israel as well. Now, to the question about what about the other parts of the law that... Uh, Christians don't obey today? Well, that's actually a good question because um, there are different aspects of the law that a lot of people don't distinguish, that the Bible distinguishes. So, for example, you will find the moral law, such as the Ten Commandments, 
not only stated in the Old Testament, but in the New as well, actually. Uh, you will find commandments, uh, the commandments reiterated time and time again in the New Testament. You have to honor your parents. You have to keep the Sabbath day holy. You have to have no other gods before for Him. And uh, you are to not commit adultery. Uh, you are to not steal. These are things that are stated again and again in the New Testament as well. But when it comes to the ceremonial and sacrificial law, such as you know what you ought to eat, not to eat, how you should dress, and what not to wear, and what kind of uh, offering you must bring, uh, how you are to sacrifice the animals at the temple. These things the Bible clearly says Christ had brought to a fulfillment. And because these were really things that were pointing forward to Christ, once Christ came and fulfilled all the law, um, there's no longer any need for any additional sacrifice. And Hebrews in Hebrews 8, it goes as far as to say, uh, because we have this new covenant fulfilled in Christ, He makes the first one obsolete. What is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. And that's not talking about all the laws. Uh, that's talking about how Christ fulfilled this aspect of the law the ceremonial and the sacrificial aspect of the law that pertain to temple worship, Christ as the ultimate high priest fulfilled that entirely on behalf of his people. And the greatest evidence of that, of course, is the curtain in the temple being torn in two. Uh, Christ had removed all the barrier there is between God and his people through his once and for all offering of himself. And so we can freely come to Him uh, in His name and be considered clean. We who are unclean have been made clean through the blood of the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And so you see uh, dispersed in the New Testament uh, things like this. Like for example, in Mark chapter 7, uh, when Jesus talks about what makes a person clean or unclean, He says there... Uh, do you not see that whatever goes into a person from outside cannot defile him? Okay, so it's not what you eat that defiles you now. Do you not see that whatever goes into a person from outside cannot defile him since it enters not his heart but his stomach and is expelled? Thus he declared all foods clean. Okay, so there's a very clear New Testament fulfillment of the cleanliness law in Christ. And he declares all foods clean. And there's another example in Acts chapter 10 where in the vision God appears to Peter uh, with a sheet with all the animals and reptiles and birds that were forbidden uh, by the cleanliness laws. Uh, but the voice of God comes and says, uh, kill and eat. And when Peter refuses to because it's not lawful to, the voice comes again and says, what God has made clean, do not call common and this happened three times and so jesus christ has brought into a new era where our cleanliness is not determined by our diet uh, but through our faith in jesus christ alone he declared all foods clean uh, and that symbolizes how he has declared his people clean and it is not based on our works that we are declared clean but based on his giving of himself. So there's that aspect of the ceremonial and sacrificial law that has been fulfilled in Christ. 
But there is the moral law, which represents the very nature of God that we as children of God must continue to imitate and obey, not in order to be saved, but because we have been saved by grace, but because He has called us to be His people, and His people must obey His laws. So I hope that gives you a basic idea of how to answer this question about why Christians obey the Ten Commandments or things that are written in the Old Testament, and at the same time, why we don't obey certain other aspects. Um, and there's more to this. There's also uh, the fact that the Old Testament people of God functioned as a state, a governmental state. Uh, so the execution of the law was different. And in the New Testament, we, we are not God's people are not identified as a state, but as the church, as the assembly of God's people uh, all over the nations, uh, all the nations of the world. And so the execution of the law will look different. And that's why the Pharisees, when they wanted to execute Jesus, came to Pilate and said, it is not lawful for us to execute him. And what they mean by that is, although uh, morally they have a reason to uh, put someone who is committing blasphemy to death, they're not able to do that in a civil way, in a state-sanctioned way, because they belong to Rome. And in the same way, uh, we, we live in America, we have to abide by American law, uh, and people in Korea or China have to abide by those laws. And the Bible tells us to submit to our governmental authorities as well. And that's why the civil aspect of the law, we don't have to uh, follow exactly as it is stated in the Old Testament, just as the ceremonial and sacrificial laws are no longer applicable to us. But the moral law, which represent the character of our Heavenly Father we must obey because we are to mature and grow into the image of our Heavenly Father. That's our sanctification, and that is God's will for us, as it says in 1 Thessalonians. Uh, this is the will of God for you, your sanctification. So if you have any further questions, uh, please feel free to ask me. Um, this is a, I think it can be a complicated matter, but uh, it's, it's, it's important that you look into these things and most of all, most importantly, turn to the whole counsel of God and look at how both the Old Testament and the New Testament speak to God's people um, and how it charges God's people to live. And that's so important for us right now because uh, the commandments of God ha have not changed. For his people, uh, life circumstances, um, drastic changes in our situation—they don't change uh, the the commands of God. We, as children of God, as friends of God, as citizens of His kingdom, uh, we have to continue to live according to His law. So I hope that gives you an encouragement to find a sense of purpose and direction even now in, in thinking about how you are to live. Uh, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So let's draw nearer and nearer uh, to the word of God during this time.